0: Rewatch Podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 1 Episode 17, Solitudes. One of the most important episodes, I think, in early Stargate canon, given everything that, like, comes from it. Yeah,
1: I did not remember at all that this was in the first season.
0: Yeah, it's like, wow, they really, like, laid this ground early, didn't they? Yeah. (laughs) So... But this is both an episode I really like a lot and an episode I don't like a lot. And we'll get to what, what I don't like when we get to that part, I guess. Um, oh, you didn't want to go with the bad news first? No. In general, I love this episode a lot. But there's just little bits of it that I'm just like, no, thank you. It's not for me. There,
1: there are some bits in there where I'm like, how in the world did you get from A to B?
0: But mm. sorry, you made it work. Yeah. <laughs> in the story plotline. All right, okay, so this is Solitudes. It originally aired on February sixth, nineteen ninety eight. It was written by Brad Wright and is the first appearance of director Martin Wood, who will go on to actually direct like the most episodes um of any director on s g one. So oh really? Yes, that's fascinating. And so, in this episode, Colonel O'Neill and Captain Carter are separated from Daniel and Tilk during a Stargate journey and are trapped on a desolate ice world with no way of escape. (gasps) Dun-dun-dun. In this episode, we open in the gate room with an incoming traveler that is apparently unscheduled. And there also seems to be something kind of going wrong with the gate. And we learned that it's SG1 incoming, but according to Hammond, they had just left. And the gate is also showing twice as much power as usual, like incoming somehow. And then we see Daniel and Tilk just like thrown through the gate and uh, before it shuts down, and Daniel's like unconscious. Tilk seems mostly fine, but where are Jack and Sam? And then also kind of interesting thing we see in the control room on the monitor, uh, an error code 44, which is an actual legitimate Microsoft error code. It's, oh. it's caused when the program that you are using shuts down uh, a specific peripheral device that's installed on your system. In this case, the Stargate. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we also see like the, I guess they're like the superconductors, like those big red things on the side of the gate, like are also exploding. So uh, something has gone very, very wrong with the gate. It is messed up. And then we cut to some sort of icy cavern and we see Jack uh, also apparently unconscious like Daniel was, but um, Sam seems to get up and seems mostly okay. And like takes off her helmet to look around and no idea where they are. They're just in this big icy cavern and then cut to the opening grids.
1: So are we to assume that they were also thrown at full speed through the gate? Yes. Ew, that would hurt.
0: Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Ice mm. is ice is not soft. What? No, Snow it's not.
1: No.
0: Snow, Snow is soft, are. but ice, ice not so much. No.
1: Mm,
0: no. So then we come back to the infirmary and Tilk has his arm in a sling and we see Daniel still unconscious on a bed. And according to Tilk, what happened is that SG-1 like immediately came under fire when they exited on the other planet. Uh, Jack ordered everyone to lay down cover fire while Daniel dialed the DHD back to Earth. They never saw whoever was firing at them as the shots seemed to be coming from quite far away, but were coming from like all directions, like they were surrounded by whatever was happening And they all, like, ran back to the gate, and Jack and Sam were, like, right behind Daniel and Tilk, so they should have made it through. We don't know why they didn't. Uh, Then Walter comes in, who at this time is still known as Walter Davis before he gets renamed Harriman in a later episode, uh, comes in with a report on the gate repairs. And Tilk is like, repairs? Because, yes, Tilk, something has gone wrong with the gate. And basically all they know right now is that there was just some kind of overload during their return trip. And Tilk's like, I have to go back immediately. And Hammond's like, "Uh, no, the gate is still broken. So nobody's going anywhere. But, you know, once it is up and running, Hammond's like, we'll be sending a probe through to, like, check for Jack and Sam just in case, you know, the gate shut down before they even made it through. And they're still back on wherever they came from. So then we cut to Jack and Sam on the ice planet, ice cave somewhere in a big, huge ice cavern. And Jack is finally awake. And... Yes, Sam, he definitely has a broken leg. And also, Tilk and Daniel are not there. She's tried them on the radio. She's tried anybody on the radio, but nothing's happening. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. And also, she can't find the DHD. So things are not looking super great for Jack and Sam, wherever they are.
1: I'm wondering, I'm really wondering why they didn't try to get their way out to get help much sooner than they did. That would have been like my first instinct to be like, okay, we need to go. We need to go find out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look around, it seems to be fairly vertical walls. They would kind of have to try and dig straight up and they have no idea like how far down they are. Like Sam does mention there seems to be light coming in through a crack. But who really knows, I guess, how far away that crack is. There doesn't really seem to be an easy way up. Yeah, but they don't even really try. No, they don't try till much later. No. I found mm-hmm. that weird. Yeah, a little bit. So back in the gate room, the repairs to the gate are ongoing and it's going to be twenty-four hours before they're done. And here we have the first appearance of Sergeant Siler. It's Dan Yay! Shea. So Mark Officer is on your Vancouver actors bingo. If you don't know who Dan Shea is, he's actually mostly Richard Dean Anderson's stunt double for the most part. Um, but this is his <laughs> first, like, on-screen appearance as Styler. I never and did that. Yeah. That's how, that's, like, why he was on Stargate, because he was there to, you know, double for Richard, and they kind of just needed somebody. You're like, can you? Okay, good. So.
1: You're great.
0: You're around. You're here. You can go say some lines, right? Okay, sure. Yeah. So, there we go. But, I do. I do definitely love when
1: when you learn about that, they do that in TV shows. If like you, you know, listen to commentary or have fun facts of like this dude that's saying this line right now, he was just like standing somewhere having lunch and they needed a person. So here he goes.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need somebody to say a line. Oh crap. We didn't hire anybody. Uh, Can you say this one line and not look like totally good yet. Yeah? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but he's also, he's really fun at conventions. Like, he's like, he's a huge personality, like Dan Jay does. So, if you're ever at a convention where he is, like, don't give us a panel because he's, yeah, he's fun. So, as we said, he says that, you know, it, it's going to take 24 hours to get the repairs done. And Hammond's like, you have to do it in less than that. And he's like, I can't. This you It's going to take 24 hours and that's it. So, which I always thought was funny because in a lot of these scenarios, it's like, You know, it'll take 10 hours. You have five. Yes, sir. And they managed to somehow do it in five. And in this case, it's just like, I know it will take 24 hours. That's the shortest amount of time possible. So I can't do it in 12 because it's just literally not physically possible. Back to the repairs they go. So then back with Jack and Sam. Sam is working on splinting Jack's leg. And uh, it hurts a lot. Like a lot, a lot. He's in a tremendous amount of pain right now. And Sam kind of tries to, like, distract him by talking about, um, well, by asking him if he's, like, ever had a broken bone before. And we learn that this is the ninth broken bone he's had, if you count skull fractures. So she asks him about the skull fracture because not a lot of people have skull fractures. And uh, it apparently happened in 1980-something on the border between Iraq and Iran when his chute opened late. So he just, like, hit the ground. Uh, That mission he was on also wasn't exactly, like, an official mission, so there was no rescue team to, like, go get him, and it took him nine days to get out of wherever he was to, like, make it back to, you know, where he needed to be, and so Sam asked, like, you know, how he made it through, and, well, you know, Sarah, his wife, he's the books, and, you know, thinking about her is what got him through it, so, yeah, aww. Uh, We also learn that Sam has gone through their supplies and they have enough food for three days, but they can stretch that kind of stuff. Ice they can melt for water. They have thermal blankets. The flashlight batteries are going to be like the hard part because they only have so much power. And then Jack asks her to help him up so he can look around and like, you know, kind of get a better feel for the situation that they're in. And in typical Jack fashion says little paint, a couple of windows, maybe a fireplace in the corner. It'll be just like, oh, you know, trying to just sort of downplay the seriousness yeah. of the situation as much as he can. So.
1: so how how many days worth of supplies do you think they usually bring with them?
0: Well, there's the question of how much they have on them, like on their person versus like what's on the MAP and the Fred. So mm-hmm. there i ima- I imagine, you know, on their person, three, four days maybe we learn I mean Sam says they have enough food for three days between the two of them. So that would imply like a day and a half of food on their person, which that doesn't quite seem like enough. Um but maybe something got damaged when they were tossed through. Um and then you know, a few more days on the MAP or the Fred. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I don't know. So back in the infirmary, Daniel finally wakes up and Tilk tells him about the gate malfunction and that Sam and Jack were not with them. And Daniel is also as confused as everybody else has been about this news and is like, they should have been here. And Tilk's like, yes, they should have. And apparently the repairs are now close to being complete because in a few hours, a probe will be sent back through to check for them on the other side. Back with Jack and Sam, we have a bit of good news. Sam has found the DHD. Yay! So it's been buried under ice, so she's got to, you know, they've got to chip away at it to get, you know, really down into it. Uh, But if it works, that's, like, really, really good news. But also Jack probably has a cracked rib, which that's not so good news. Um, No, not great. And so Sam has been, like, thinking about the situation and, like, what exactly happened, and she has three possibilities for what happened. One, Daniel misdialed and he and Tilk are also somewhere else on this ice planet, which they don't seem to have been very far from the gate. So I don't really think that's very likely. Uh, two, Daniel didn't misdial and there was some kind of malfunction and Daniel and Tilk ended up on Earth and Jack and Sam ended up wherever they are. Or three, there was a massive malfunction and Daniel and Tilk are on a completely other planet and then Jack and Sam are on whatever planet that they're on. And Jack's like, so what about four? There is no four. Not in this situation. So Jack's like, okay, so let's assume they made it back to Earth. That's great. They'll start sending out search parties. Sam's like, to where? And Jack's like, well, to here, obviously. Okay, where is here, Jack? You don't know where you are. How are they going to know where you are? And Sam's like, even with just like random dialing of the gate, it would take like 10 years to find them because of all of the possible combination of gate addresses. So you're kind of on your own right now to try and solve this situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I do have to say, so in this scene is one of like the best bloopers from Stargate. Let me see if I can share my screen with you, Rachel. And for people listening at home, I will insert um, the audio of it because it's really funny. So let's see. Share screen. Oh, share computer sound. I would also like to share computer sound. Okay. Do you see this? Do you see you I do see that. Okay.
1: I also, so. I also see myself and I am sitting really funny. Okay.
0: Here go. You spent seven years on MacGyver and you can't figure this one out? We, we got belt <laughs> buckles and shoelaces and a piece of gum. Build a nuclear reactor for crying out loud. <laughs> You used to be MacGyver, MacGadget, MacGimmick. Now you're Mr. McUseless. you <laughs> <laughs> God. Stuck on a glacier
1: with MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so there we go. I love that thing. It's, still just, it's hilarious. That is okay. fantastic. Okay. How do I stop sharing. Okay. Still a <laughs> reactor. Stop belt buckles build the nuclear reactor i love how amanda stays so in character for it too like she's still so very much sam even though she's like <laughs> rattling that whole thing off it's so good oh,
1: anyway i really yeah. do wonder how often macgyver jokes were made especially in like the first season when they're like oh, richard yeah. dean anderson macgyver we've got macgyver also christopher
0: judge was on macgyver hi wait really yeah, for like, like, not as a regular, but I think he had he had a, a few. There was a there he was on for a few episodes, so you know, he got a little little character arc. But that's funny.
1: Was he an <laughs> evil dude? I,
0: I don't think so. It has been a very long time, but I don't think so. Do you guys have a favorite blooper out there from like anything from Stargate? Let us know if you do, because <laughs> 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 that's one of my favorites for sure.
1: My favorite blooper of all time is one of the bloopers from the movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay. It's when, so if you, if you rent the movie, they play them during the credits so you can see all the bloopers. But it's like, it's a scene where Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles are in the car after he took her home after she was too drunk to drive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, you could tell she's kind of like vibing him a little bit and she leans in for him to kiss her. But you can tell in his face, like, I don't want to kiss her when she's like this. So he politely shrugs it off and she gets all offended and she, like, hops into the house. But there's an outtake where he just kind of, like, has a "Mm," thinking to myself expression and then just, like, grabs her face and plants one on her. (laughs) It's hilarious. I like it. It's adorable. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh Anytime I need a little pick-me-up, I'll actually go watch somebody on YouTube put together all three seasons of Hannibal bloopers, and <laughs> okay. they're so, they're really good. Also because, like, the show is, like, so serious, so then to, like, watch the bloopers of people, like, messing up and being silly is hilarious. And then also, like, you know, Hugh Dancy's living back to like, his British accent for, like, two seconds before going back into Will's, like, American accent is, like, whiplash. It's, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's this one where, um, so, um, Scott Thompson and the guy who plays Zeller, whose name I'm forgetting, have gone to, like, question Hannibal about something, and Hannibal's, like, pulling a roast out of the oven, and he's like, how long is this going to take so I know what to do with my roast? And Scott Thompson goes, put it in the fridge. And then you hear the director from off-camera, like, when the take is over, go, was that the straight take? <laughs> Scott <laughs> just goes i thought it was <laughs> but yeah you feel like animal go watch the bloopers because they're yeah they're hilarious um Okay. <clears throat> so Well, back to Stargate, because that's what everybody's here for. So, uh, back in the gate room, the repairs appear to be completed, and Tilk and SG-3 are standing by to head back to the planet if the probe sends back the... Well, If basically, if, if the probe sends back good information, like, it, you know, they're not getting fired at, if we see Jack and Sam, you know, whatever. So, but there's... Another goof here, which is, like, the same goof I think it comes up a lot, where we see the dialing computer and the gate address on the dialing computer is Abydos, not P4A771, which is the planet where they were. It's, like, they only, like, did the graphics for, like, dialing one gate address and didn't think anybody would notice that it's just the same one over and over again. Because I think this is, like, the third time that's happened. So oh, I didn't notice. Okay, well, other people did. <laughs> other people that pay attention to these things yes um but you know abydos is a very important address in stargate canon a lot of people just like know what that gate address is so
1: well maybe that's just kind of like you always remember your home phone number yeah (laughs) maybe that's just the default that everybody (laughs) pushes when they're just trying to push any buttons
0: (laughs) quite possibly Mm -hmm. um so while while they're waiting for like the gate to dial though, there is like a brief discussion of like, what if maybe Jack and Sam like are still there and like taken captive by whatever people were there, would they maybe have given up like the transmitter codes? And it's like, well, no, they wouldn't have willingly, but who knows what may have happened. And just, you know, I think just sort of chatting out possible, you know, worst case scenarios that we may find ourselves in. So the gate connects, we send them out through and it starts like scanning around, and we see on the planet the gate seems to be surrounded by these tall stone pillars or like monuments of some kind. Possibly, uh, we can also see the first mount from the original mission off to the side, but there's no sign of Jack or Sam. And then a weapons fire starts coming from everywhere, firing on the second mount that was just sent through, and it almost seems like be coming from the pillars, like there's some kind of defense system um,
1: yeah I didn't notice that too yeah
0: so but Hammond just orders the gate shut down there will be no rescue mission and Daniel does not like that at all but I don't think any of us do but there doesn't seem to be any evidence that Jack and Sam are still there I don't know what good it would do to really send people back there at least at this point in time there's still a lot of information we don't know about what happened so back with Jack and Sam. Sam is still chipping away at the ice around the DHD. And Jack has some food ready for them to go. And apparently he can't cook, but his melted ice is to die for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so would he even with the broken leg and cracked ribs? He's still, just, you know, so funny. It's so, his defense so, mechanism. It, yeah, it really, really is. So Sam has also apparently been thinking of some thinking some more about what happened. And according to her, we don't completely understand how the gate works. We just know how to make it work, but we don't understand why it works that way. Okay. Um, but she comes to the conclusion that possibly after dialing home and everybody was, like, in transmission, like, in the wormhole, the gate may have been struck by some kind of massive energy blast Possibly from what was attacking them on P4A771. So the matter stream got redirected, which means Jack and Sam are probably somewhere between Earth and P4A771. Hopefully, you know, the teams back at the SGC will reach that same conclusion because it will significantly reduce their search area. So, yay, good news, kind of, at least a little
1: bit. I thought this whole episode kind of brings up a fascinating point of, you know, we questioned before, how does the gate differentiate between people and things and stuff? Yes. And so I mean, I guess at this point we we know enough to know that it it differentiates them enough to to know how to direct them different places.
0: Yeah. It it does seem to be there's some there's something in the gate programming that recognizes this chunk of atoms is Daniel. This chunk of atoms is Tilk, and like somehow manages to keep all of the little matter particulates separate during transmission. So, yeah, but it, yeah, it is interesting. It's like whoever made the gate must have been really, really smart. Aliens. Who's <laughs> aliens? Alien. Yes. So back at the SGC, Daniel is looking at, like, the star chart that they have there and seems to be, like, kind of trying to come to the same conclusion that Sam did. And they – Till comes in and they chat for a little bit, and they do bring up the possibility that maybe Jack and Sam just died during transport somehow. Like, they just never came out of the gate, in which case there's no way to get them back. They're just gone. And Daniel's like, yeah, I'm not quite ready to, like, believe that yet there There's more thinking we need to do to figure out what happened, and I'm not quite ready to go with the they're just dead answer yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, then we have a quick cut back with Sam, who has uh, chipped away some more of the ice. and there's a serpent guard with the DHD. Mm-hmm. So whoa, that's interesting. And then, so, back at the SGC, it seems that Daniel has now reached the same conclusion that Sam did. Um, So, he's there with, like, Hammond and Siler and Tilk and everybody. And so, what happened is, so, the gate shut down right after Daniel and Tilk came through. So, if there was a large energy surge, the gate wouldn't just stop transmitting. It would still have to, like, discharge that energy somewhere, like another gate, maybe. And Siler agrees with Daniel. So good news, General Hammond. We don't have to search the entire gate network for Jack and Sam. We just need to search these handful of planets that are between P4A771 and Earth. Uh but But then Hammond asks the really good question. Why haven't Jack and Sam just tried to dial Earth and come home? Well, we don't know. And then Daniel then brings up the fact that, you know, he and Tilk were flung through at such yeah you know a high velocity that he doesn't even remember hitting the gate, hitting the ramp when they came back. So it's possible they're as injured as Daniel was, which would I mean not be great, but would also mean that they're probably still very close to the gate. So they don't have to like go searching very far to find them. And it's at least something to try. So they're not just sitting there doing nothing and waiting right. So, back with Jack and Sam, the DHD has been unburied, and Sam thinks she knows which symbol is the point of origin as she's never seen it before, and it's um, a circle with a line under it. She tries dialing Earth, and nothing happens. The chevrons light up, though, so like there is power, but it just doesn't connect. So she's like, okay, so maybe there's something wrong with the DHD, and they just need to dig down a little further to, like, get to the control panel. And she, like, starts to do that, but Jack orders her to stop because they've been awake for a very long time at this point, and the DHD will still be there in the morning. Back at the SGC, they received telemetry from the MALP on two of the addresses that they've been trying, and those two planets had no breathable atmosphere, and so also no Jack and Sam And we also do learn that Hammond has officially reported Jack and Sam as missing in action, like to the military, people, whoever is notified of that kind of thing. And but that doesn't mean that they stop searching. So that's good. And so Daniel then mutters to himself, I'm missing something like the whole missing in action. I'm missing something is like, you know, knocking around his brain, trying to connect to something. So back with Jack and Sam. They're cuddled up together trying to like keep warm while they sleep. And okay, so here here's the thing I don't like about this episode. Um, I don't get Jack and Sam as a ship. Oh, you never got them? No, I don't get it. I don't like she like he is Sir and she is Carter. They are never just Jack and Sam to each other. Like ever. So I I, did just I don't know. Like throughout the whole series? Yeah. Like, like maybe once he calls her Sam, Like maybe once. But Mm -hmm. so I don't know. That's just like, that's like the only thing that like has never worked for me on the show is like the Jack and Sam relationship. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Wow. And that's like the main tease, like the whole time. I know, but luckily (laughs) it's like vague enough. I can just like ignore it for the most part whenever it does come up because also like military protocols, they can't, do anything about whatever tension there might be between them. So, nothing could ever happen anyway until one of them, like, retired, which that's not going to happen for a very long time. So, wow, that's interesting. I don't think yeah. we've ever talked about that before. This is new. Yeah, no, sorry, oh. people. I mean, if it's your thing, great, good, you know, you do you. I'm happy for you that if you like it, that's great. It's just, it's not for me. Mm. So, yeah, sorry. But, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that you like kept watching it. then, if
1: that was because that's like the main (laughs) will they won't they the whole time. Well, because I got Jack and Daniel out of it, so (laughs) they don't really tease it that one though. They don't. That one really is
0: just making that one up. Mm. But a girl can dream. A girl can dream. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, and then there's also a really bad joke in the scene about Jack's sidearm. Boom ching. (laughs) (laughs) yes so then there's another quick cut back to the sgc and there's actually this really cool shot that kind of does show you the like the scale of the set um where daniel's down in the control room and hammond's up in his office and you get this crane shot of like daniel turning to like stare pensively at the gate and then it pulls back and goes up and like hammond also turns and looks pensively at the gate kind of thing. So it is really like that. it like it is a two story set. You can walk from one to the other. Um, cause I have toured the set and it really was really cool. It was one of the best things I ever got to do when this show yeah. is still in the air. Um, like that's really cool. And then we also get like a shot of an SG team, probably SG three, returning and the leader just like shakes his head. So wherever they just were, there was no Jack and Sam. So things are ongoing, but not looking really great at this point, unfortunately. Back in the ice cave, Sam is, like, really pissed off at the DHD. Like, just, why? She's like, why won't you work? And Jack calls to her on the radio, and he doesn't really sound so good. Like, his voice is really weak and stuff. And so she crawls back over to him, and, like, bad news. um, He's bleeding internally, and his broken leg is also probably frostbitten. So Jack is in, like, really 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 bad shape at this point and like she orders jack to drink as much water as possible and she again is like you know the gate should work like all the parts are there everything's working she she just like can't figure out why it's not working and she's kind of pissed at herself that she can't figure out why it's not working and so jack then brings up plan b which apparently plan b is sam climbing up out of what cavern they're in and walking towards daylight to try and get help, and Sam tries to be like, "I'll take you with me," and Jack's like, "No, no, you can't take me with you. This is like dire straits for Jack and Sam. Like time really is like running out on us being able to rescue them before they perish wherever they are." I so, do feel like
1: if she was, if she was so frustrated that everything works, everything works. Why don't, why not I want to? I. I do kind of question, like, why wouldn't she have the thought in her head of, like, maybe it's where I'm dialing. Like, is that... Yeah. Why don't I just try any other address that I know and just see if that works?
0: Yeah, that is one of the the sort of discussion points of this episode, is Sam is supposed to be so smart. Okay, like, even if you think the problem is with the DHD itself, just trying to dial the same number over and over and over again isn't really proving or disproving anything, like... Yeah, dial, you know, the land of light or something. Yeah, that, that, that is a point of contention of why didn't Sam think of that. But also, she's been awake for how for who knows how long. She's probably freezing cold, which can, you know, diminish your mental capacity because you're just so cold you can't think kind of a thing. So, like, in a way, it makes sense, but also doesn't. So I can I can kind of see both sides of the argument for why she didn't try somewhere else, but probably should have. Yes. Uh, back at the SGC, we have incoming travelers, and we see Tilk come through carrying Major Castleman over his shoulders. Uh, apparently, they were exploring a cave not far from the gate where they were when Major Castleman fell and was injured, but there was no sign of Jack or Sam. So, Hammond is now officially calling off the search for Jack and Sam. They've explored all the planets that Daniel had identified as possibilities and found nothing. Dan's like, it's only been a few days. What if like the next planet is the one where they are? It's like, but well, you can say that forever. It sucks. Ham's like, I'm sorry, but we're done. Like, we have to move on. We can't just keep doing this. This isn't helping anybody. We're not getting anywhere. Nothing's happening. So we're done. So much drama. So back with Jack and Sam. Sam's um, fiddling with the DHD again. And she's like, I'm going to try turning it off and on again. Like, like she said, I need to reset it. Maybe I can reset it. <laughs> So, like, that's where her brain is. If I just turn it off and on again, then maybe it'll work. So, the old uh, IT standby. Yep. Have you tried turning it off and on again? So, uh, she does, you know, some fiddling stuff we don't see and then dials the gate and the chevrons glow on the gate. The ground shakes, but it still doesn't connect. However, at the same time, cut to Daniel in the SGC staring at the star chart again when there's, like, a glass of water that starts rattling on the table. And Daniel kind of looks at it very curious. And as he turns around, he notices that the chevrons on the gate in the SGC are glowing. Like there's supposed to be an incoming traveler. But then nothing happens. So Tilt comes in and asks what's going on. Because apparently it's like 4.30 in the morning and Daniel should still be sleeping. But he's awake because he's trying to save his friends. And Daniel says, I just realized we've ru- I've, I've ruled out one world to search that we probably shouldn't have. Have you figured it out yet? Hmm. I you totally know. didn't
1: at the time. This this is right where this is right where I kind of be like, how in the world did you get from A to B? But okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. So back with Jack and Sam. Sam is once again. I don't know why it doesn't work. And so Jack finally like officially orders her to like leave and go and try and find help. And she doesn't want to leave him, but this is like basically his dying order. So. Off she goes. And then back at the SGC, Daniel is explaining his theory to Hammond. Daniel thinks there might be another gate here on Earth. Uh, Hammond asks Tilk if that's possible, and he's like, yeah, maybe. But Daniel's just like, but remember, the ghoul didn't build the gate system. Like, the gate in Egypt was brought there by Ra, which may not have been the first or original gate on Earth. Okay, so where is this other gate if there's another gate here? Cut to Sam climbing out of the icy cavern, but it's very hard going, and Jack radios that it was an honor serving with her. So Jack is really, really, like we thought he was in bad shape before. He's really, really bad shape now. Back at the SGC, everyone is huddled around a computer trying to figure out where the second gate might be. It would have to be somewhere very very remote, otherwise it would have been found by now. Uh, Hammond has ordered like radio frequencies worldwide to be checked for SG-1's radio frequency. Daniel also brings up the fact that when they first started using the gate, it used to shake a lot, like a lot, a lot, like the whole silo shook. So would that kind of shaking be enough to be picked up on a seismometer? Uh, fuck yeah, it would. Okay, so let's also check for recent seismic activity that might coincide with the time of the initial incident. And also Daniel adds to check for 4 a.m. local time because that's when that weird thing happened earlier with the, you know, Chevron's glowing in the SGC gate and which might have been Jack and Sam trying to dial in. Because as Daniel turns to Tilk, what happens when you dial your own phone number? Wrong person. General Hammond. What happens when you dial your own phone number? I you get like a joke. busy signal. But yeah, I love that he turns to Tilk first. What happens when you dial your phone number? Tilk has no idea what a phone number is, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might by this point, but probably not really. So, uh, yeah. So that's the reason Sam can't dial Earth, because she's on Earth, apparently. So back with Jack and Sam. Sam has finally made it out of the cavern and uh, so she can try and go get help. But there is nothing but ice as far as the eye can see. Like there's just nothing but ice. And interesting fact, this was actually filmed on location at the Pemberton ice field in British Columbia, Canada. So she's really on just like a big giant ass glacier. Amanda tapping is like in the middle of nowhere to film that. So there was some like digital effects to make like the background look more like Antarctica, but like all that stuff that's like right around her, that's just real actual ice. That, so that is real snow. Yep. Real snow, real cold, real ice. And
1: she is really cold.
0: You yeah. can tell. Not <laughs> as cold as she's gonna be later, like 10 years later, but yeah. Um so back at the SGC, Walter has it. It's Antarctica. There has been seismic activity in Antarctica that coincides with the initial incident and the one that Daniel witnessed and good news. It's only about 50 miles outside of McMurdo. Yay. Daniel and Til- Yay! and, Daniel, and Ter- Daniel and Tilk both turn to Hammond and go general request permission. And he's like, granted. So um, <laughs> Hammond also orders, you know, whoever to tell McMurdo to start searching the area, which that's not really an order Hammond can give, but we'll pretend it, like, went up the chain and the appropriate people did actually issue the order for McMurdo people to start searching. But, okay, my question, though, is what did they tell the people at McMurdo? (laughs) Because they have to tell them there's two people here, and they're going to be like, how did they get there? Because, like, they would have, if there's, like, a plane crash or a helicopter crash or something, I'm sure the people at McMurdo would have spotted it with, you know, radar and everything. So... Like, what do you think they told the people at McMurdo?
1: Maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just told them, we have two lost people, and we think this is where they are. And that's all you need to know.
0: Don't ask questions. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could have, you know, classified, all you need to know is there's two people. We think they're here, and that's all we can tell you. Yeah, because, I mean,
1: when they actually are found and rescued, you know, Hammond says that like there's an SG team coming to, yeah, you know, take, take care of the rest of what's in the cave, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Pay no attention to the large, <laughs> circular object in the room. Just pay attention to the people in it. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sign a confidentiality form. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, back with Sam, we see her still just, like, standing on the surface of what we now know is Antarctica. And but she has no idea. So she radios back to Jack that like, it's, it's just ice. There's nothing else here, but ice. And we hear him whisper back Sarah and like her face kind of falls for a second. Like she's kind of sad. He's thinking about Sarah for some reason, a little bit, which is a little weird, but I don't know. Um, But then she just like heads back down into the cave. Cause there's nothing else to do, really, unfortunately, at this point. And then she whispers to him, "It was an honor serving with you too." And we kind of fade to black as she falls asleep, slash passes out, slash whatever. And then we fade in to see helicopters landing and rescue teams being lowered into the cavern. And uh, Daniel is trying to like wake Sam up, and she does, and she's and he's like, "You're going to be okay. It's fine." Jack's going to be okay, too. And Sam tries to tell them that Jack is bleeding internally, but they're like, we got this. We know. It's okay. And then, you know, she sees General Hammond there, and she's like, General, you came through the gate for us. And he's like, well, not exactly. And then, yeah, Hammond just tells, like, a random airman that's there that an SG team will be there within the hour to secure the area. And in the men- in the meantime, let's get Sam and Jack home. Yay! And... Yeah. So question
1: yes. Do you to the best of your memory, do you do you know if they like actually ever explain, okay, as long as there's as long as we know there's two gates now, mm-hmm. how did they never accidentally dial the other gate before? Or was that gate like dialing the whole time or you know, going along with the principle of what happens when you call? you know, somebody's house, like all the phones ring in that house. Right. But if they have independent phone numbers, then Sam really should have been able to dial one to the other.
0: Yeah. But if it's
1: the same number slash address. Then they were both connected the whole time. So why, why didn't they accidentally dial through the other one ever?
0: Yeah. That is not ever answered in the show. It's been debated in the fandom like, since this episode about, yeah, like, why did we never accidentally dial into Antarctica? Because, I mean, one possible s- explanation is just that that the Antarctica gate just got buried to the point where it was disconnected from the Stargate system entirely, like, like it had been, like, buried, buried, like the, like, Egyptian gate. So it was just not able to be dialed into but if that's that then how was it able to jump there because it had to have been then unburied somehow and you you do see in the cavern that like the kawoosh did make like a big thing in the cave but yeah there's there's been no real satisfactory in-universe explanation for why the egypt gate became the primary gate over the one in Antarctica, unfortunately.
1: So we'll just have to make up our own explanation.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> Which I think I can't think of it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, to me, it feels like it would be it would have been dialing the whole time.
0: Yeah. I mean, was every time that we dialed Earth, it tried to connect to the Antarctica gate, but it couldn't connect. So it then jumped to the Egypt gate. I mean, who knows? Did did somehow when Rob brought his gate here, it overrode the original gate? Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions about why.
1: If anyone has any explanations, please let us know because this would be fun. Yes. Would yes. um, be fun to find out.
0: Um. Okay. So. The other thing, so this episode's title is Solitudes, which Solitude is just a person being alone. Also, just, you know, a lonely and uninhabited place. So we do have Jack and Sam on their own on a lonely, uninhabited place, so they think. So that title, I think, makes sense for this situation. I think it does. I I thought I pulled up some pages that had the... What memos do we think would be sent out? Um, okay, well then here, here's another question. So when the second map got sent back through, whatever was firing the energy weapons at it started firing almost immediately. Why did that not happen when like the first map went through? So do we need to have another memo about wait a bit longer before you actually go through?
1: I think that's a fair
0: fair assessment. Yeah. So more memos about just waiting longer.
1: (laughs) Wait (laughs) until we see what's on the other side before we just get so excited. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the first one went through and it didn't determine it to be a threat. And then once actual like beings came through, whatever defense Uh, mechanism kicked in was like, okay, no, no, we're not having this. We're just going to shoot everything.
0: Okay. So it was able to differentiate between machine and like animal type, you know, live matter. Person type thing. And once once people came through. It was like no. High alert. High alert. Yep. Okay.
1: Also that planet just always reminded me of like the game of like the floor is lava. Because wasn't (laughs) 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 The ground was just
0: bright red. It did look like a very hot planet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Which also ended up being a fun TV show.
0: I actually never got around to watching that one.
1: Sometimes it's funny. Because they Mm. always. They, whenever somebody actually falls in, they always make a point of, like, showing a slow-mo, like, hand sinking <laughs> <laughs> into whatever colored water it is, whatever that's made up of. It's funny. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah, I, so I've been, I've been poking around on the internet, and there's a lot of, yeah, theories about why the Antarctic Gate was never dialed on accident or anything. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities, but no seemingly one canon you think that
1: would have been like the biggest question for the next episode of like why did this happen or they would put in some sort of uh some sort of little hint of like okay we've safeguarded this (laughs) to stop this from happening you know something like that it's weird that it's never addressed
0: yeah i guess maybe because they didn't want to have to think about it (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> when they opened yeah. up that
1: can of worms, they had to know there have been there would have been nerds with questions. Yeah. People have questions. Yeah. Especially people that watch details
0: shows yeah so the other question is why does the antarctic gate have a different point of origin because it does like the point of origin on the antarctic gate that sam identifies as the possible point of origin is the point of origin for the antarctic gate which was a circle with a line under it so why does that have a different point of origin from the egypt gate which is you know the triangle with the circle on top yeah that is weird
1: also i wondered why don't they take that dhd and move it to the other one
0: because they need to save it for a later episode when they really, really need a DHD. <laughs> also, they've had it wired up to the computer program for so long. Trying to unhook everything from the, the from the computer program would probably be a pain in the ass. And, but so I did do some like digging into the whole point of origin thing. And uh, I found one really kind of almost funny explanation is. So one of the sort of like in-universe things that happens is that raw like took gates from other planets and put them on other planets where he wanted them. So he could like take people where he wanted them to like, you know, kidnap them from earth and wherever and like put them wherever he wanted. So he would like steal gates from other planets is like Mm -hmm. a thing that supposedly happened. So somebody, there's the possible explanation out there of like, he had this gate where the point of origin was the triangle with the sun on top and he was saving it until he found a planet where he could, where they only had like one sun. So he could have them build him a pyramid with the one sun on top. So just so happened to find Earth that only had one sun. (laughs) And and he made them build him a pyramid for his, you know, landing platform and everything. So (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of funny. I think I like that one.
1: That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so, okay, so just to go back a bit, so one of, one of the things I'm kind of seeing over and over again as the whole Antarctic Gate thing is just because, like, the damage to the DHD, the fact that the gate in, you know, Cheyenne Mountain has, like, a working dialing system, which also accepts incoming travelers, like, that sort of overrides whatever damage was done to sort of take the Antarctic Gate, like, offline, if you will, which does make sense for uh, – spoilers – the future episodes where um, the Russians had a DHD and a gate, and that gate like ended up gaining priority whenever the DHD was connected to it, because mm-hmm. it recognized like the gate system recognized the DHD as like this is the valid dialing device, you know. Whereas our little hobbled together yeah. computer system is just whatever. But if there is no DHD, thus whichever gate has like the active dialing system connected will take priority. So. Yeah. Um, All
1: right. Well, further yes. adventures continue with the dial home devices.
0: Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Um. Any other questions, comments, or concerns?
1: No. No, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah. It was a short one.
0: It was. Yeah. This, this is. It is like a,
1: a very. Straight... It seems like a very short episode too, even though, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward,
0: really. Mm-hmm. Like. There's not like aliens and cultures and stuff that need to be discussed. It's just Jack and Sam are missing. Where are they? So they're, go- they're calling from inside. house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that should be what this whole episode is called. They're calling from
0: inside the house. Oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right well thank you everybody for listening you can find us on twitter at sg underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo that's w-o-o-s-g rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for tin man bye bye